0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is a special episode. It's going to be our fifth Friday Fable Fest.
1: In fact, it will be our first fifth Friday Fable Fest because we needed to get some way to get another F in there. And if you're very confused, as you probably should be about what is a fifth Friday Fable Fest, you may have, if you're perceptive, picked up on the fact that we release on the first and third Friday of every month. But we also noticed that sometimes there's a fifth Friday, which Leaves like a really long time between the last episode of the month and the first episode of the next month. So we decided we wanted to put get in an extra episode every now and again because one of the biggest complaints that we get, thankfully, one of the biggest complaints that we get is that we don't put out episodes often enough, which is like, that's a great complaint to get, I think. Oh,
0: yeah. It'd be really sad if my grandma called me up and was like, can you guys maybe <laughs> not? Once a month is yeah, enough. You, you can, <laughs> like, you, oh. <laughs>
1: You could cut back. That's <laughs> grandma. <laughs> so, here's one of those ways we're trying to accommodate you and we decided that it would be kind of fun to do something. I mean, one, I love alliteration, so Fifth Friday Fable Fest worked, but I know that I had a really fun time with our Aesop's Fable discussion and since there are like 6 trillion Aesop fables, I thought, you know, Katrina and I both thought we could always go back to that well.
0: Plus they're short, and so we can always use a couple of them instead of just one long story. It, yeah, they break up nicely. So this month we decided that we wanted to have a theme for the first one, and so we chose wolves, uh, mostly because I have a friend named Hanna who asked me when we started the podcast why so many fairy tales include a wolf character Mm. and so ever since she asked me i've kind of been like keeping that in the back of my mind yeah it's It's like like, something you look out for
1: and notice all the time you're like oh wow there is a wolf in this one too
0: yeah there's so they're everywhere so uh i thought it'd be fun to do a couple wolves wolf stories so it's funny because i while i was looking through to like pick out which ones to use there were like 25 And I was like, oh, I only need like four. (laughs) So I want everyone to be thankful that this is not like a three and a half hour episode where I'm like, you're going to listen to every single one.
1: (laughs) Because we've not gotten any complaints that our episodes are too short. That's something that we have not heard.
0: (laughs) Self burn. No. (laughs) So Jeff is going to start us off by telling the story of the wolves. And the sheep.
1: Yes. So once upon a time, the wolves sent an embassy to the sheep. And they were trying to figure out a way like, hey, is there any way, you know, we've been fighting a lot. We come in and eat. You got your dogs that attack us and try to chase us away. Why do we always have to be at war forever? I'm thinking, you know, the real problem here is the dogs. So here's what we'll do. If you guys get rid of your dogs who are always barking and making us mad... We'll promise to send you some of our own wolf pups as hostages, just as a show of good faith that, you know, we're not going to attack you guys anymore. And so the silly sheep, because they were very silly, (laughs) accepted this proposal and sent their dogs away. And so the wolves gave them, you know, their little pups. But after a little while, these Wolf pups were started missing their mommies and daddies, so they started whining and complaining. And the wolves used that as an excuse to be like, well, you're not treating our pups very well. The piece has been broken. And so they were able to come in and just eat all the sheep, and there were no dogs to stop them. And they could easily have these sheeps fall prey to their devious ambushes. And the moral of this story is make no truce with a sworn enemy. Ooh. Which... Again, this is one of those ones that in our Aesop Fable episode we talked about, these weren't intended to be children's stories. And I think this is a really good example of that.
0: Yeah, because this isn't like a playground story where they're like, and remember, children, if you have a sworn enemy on the playground, <laughs> exactly,
1: <laughs> <laughs> never send away your, your guards. I mean, that's how I teach my children, but I know that that is an uncommon parenting choice. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, this is not a lesson that people are trying to teach their children is like, we're always like, play nice. Oh, we got to share. You know, I was at like, never trust a sworn enemy. (laughs) I was at like a, you know, I was at like a little playground the other day and like some of the kids were getting wild and like started like pushing each other. And it's like, you know, this other one kid like just straight up like shoved one of my kids. And instead of being like... Get him, get him, you know, encouraging like a baby fight club. It was like, all right, let's all be nice to each other. Let's have peace. like stopping my kid from fighting back against the kid, which is not the same messages as being, you know, portrayed in this story at all.
0: No, because what you should have done is like sent away that other child's parents (laughs) so that then your son could like go and attack (laughs) That's what you should have.
1: If I was following <laughs> Aesop's advice, that's what I would have done. And next time, you know what? That is exactly what I'm going to do. I'd <laughs> be like, hey, they're giving out free free chicken nuggets. You might want to go and get some.
0: And then you just turn to your son and you're like, pound him. Uh, but yeah, like you said, these were originally, like for political use, these tales, they were stories that were told in a like a political context and so this one's one where it's really easy to see like okay yeah this this was about war this was about not trusting neighboring governments neighboring armies that might yeah. try to be like hey like we're we're always getting like in fights and stuff and we would really like to make this nicer and it's like always be suspicious of that and don't let your guard down don't send away your guard the thing that's going to protect you.
1: Yeah. It, it was interesting. Like it, one of the things that I liked about this story and that kind of stuck with me was how I didn't really agree with the advice. And it's not that I don't agree with the advice, but I was just it kind of like made me sad that that's what the that this was a lesson that yeah. needs to be told is like, you know, don't make a truce. Don't make peace with your sworn enemies. It's like, I would like to believe that you can make peace with your enemies but it is important to be cautious, you know? Yes. I think it's kind of like, you know, the godfather approach is better. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Like make peace with your enemies, but keep them real close so you know what's going on. Still be somewhat distrustful yeah. and cautious of them so that a situation yeah. like this doesn't happen.
0: Well, because I'm getting I'm like watching this like TV show right now, and it frustrates me because there's like a character that's always trying to get away with stuff. Uh-huh. And the other person's very sweet and is always like, well, maybe this time it's not a trick. Maybe this time they're trying to be nice (laughs) to us. And I'm sitting there going, you dummy.
1: It's always (laughs) a trick.
0: It's always a trick. And yeah, and it is like, you know, you hope that people aren't really like that, that you don't have anybody in your life that is actively trying to sabotage you and attack you. And you do always hope that, like, okay, maybe if somebody was my sworn enemy, I, not that I have like sworn enemies—that's <laughs> kind of like a really intense phrase—but yeah. um, you would hope that, like, if there was somebody who's like wronged you in the past, that that they'll change over time and yeah. become like a better person. Yeah. But and so it is kind of a not hopeful message at the end of the fable,
1: right? But
0: at the same time, it is like, yeah, if somebody, if you know somebody is a troublemaker if you know somebody is always trying to wreck something for you don't let your guard down i guess is what i would say the moral is is just like don't let your guard down
1: and it is really interesting comes up you know going back to our previous Aesop fable discussion the whole use of animals thing like it really does simplify things like in the situation of wolves and sheep it's like uh, if you're a sheep never ever 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 try to make peace with a wolf because they will kill you. Because that's just the way that nature works, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like, that's the nature of them.
1: But it's it it kind of like oversimplifies it as far as like human interactions with other humans. Which is important, I think, for for keeping a lesson simple, but I think it's also what makes it kind of hard to 100% agree with the moral that they, as presented in the story.
0: Yeah, because when you simplify it that far down, it really lacks nuance. Yeah. (laughs) There's not a lot of room for saying like well but except for like you you want to have hope for people you want to blah, blah 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 like it doesn't leave space yeah. for any of that yeah or even it doesn't leave a whole lot of space for like turning it into a good story for your kids
1: yeah but the the interesting place and this is like forced nuance probably and because it's not it's not there at all i'll just say that but the one interesting <laughs> thing to think about it is that you know so wolves and dogs are very similar they're close to the same thing so it's like sheeps sheep and dogs can get along and live together well you know like a wolf is kind of like a step removed from the sheep so it is kind of like there is it's not present in the story at all except for the no. fact that the wolves like are the only defense that the sheep have but it is something that's interesting is like if those wolf pups were raised with the sheep to adulthood they could You know, be take the place of the dogs and be able to live with them, you know, like, peacefully. Maybe. I mean, wolves are also not domesticated, but.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, Jeff. I think maybe you should tell us the next fable that you are supposed to tell us. I think you segued really well into it.
1: I accidentally segued into the next <laughs> fable that I wanted to tell. And I'm like, the oh, shepherd,
0: yeah. The shepherd and the young wolf. And apparently- Let's see, let's see if you're right,
1: <laughs> Well, Let's see if Aesop agrees with me here. Okay, so here we go. This is called the shepherd and the young wolf. So a shepherd found a young wolf cub, and he took it in and brought it back to his dogs, and he decided, you know- I'm going to raise it with my dogs. And as he did, it started becoming really, really friendly. And so like when any other wolves would come to try to get the sheep, the the dog and the wolf that had been raised with those dogs would go off and like start attacking them. And this wolf that had been raised with, with the sheep and with the dogs, it was like always the first one out to go and protect the sheep from any danger or anything like that. So that was great. Except also – Even though this wolf was the, you know, sharpest lookout, the first to attack anyone that came in. Whenever the dogs were kind of herding the sheep and bringing them home, that wolf cub that had grown up with them was also want to linger behind. And when he found a a little sheep that was straggling behind, he might, you know, take the opportunity to have a little snack for himself. So he did this just a little bit too often and the shepherd got wise and the shepherd hung that dog from the bow of a tree and put an end to his double dealing. And so the moral of that story is that double dealing is worse than open enmity, which I was like, okay, bonus points for the use of enmity. Cause that's a sweet word.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I did just love how you were like, if, if a dog was like, if a wolf was raised with like the dogs and the sheep, then he wouldn't have this behavior.
1: But, but, I wanted, I wanted,
0: but I want to. I want to. But I want to say, even though the story that now you just told totally refuted what you had said earlier, it also needs to be said that, like, the fables aren't comments on animal behavior; they're comments right. on human, human behavior. behavior. So I did like how you stuck in, like, the nuance in like the last one because it was it is. A big thing like with wolves in these stories that I found researching is that when people are talking about dogs, they're usually talking about themselves, their, their people. And when they're talking about wolves, they're talking about other people who are. Yeah,
1: it's it's because it's kind of like evil twin situation, like like wolves are the evil twins of dogs.
0: Yeah. In in the stories. In the stories. Not in real life. (laughs) Yeah, that's like that's how they're like portrayed. But when you look at it at the military context, it's also saying like when you bring in somebody from an enemy group, you might be inviting enemies into your midst. Right. Without knowing it. And that you shouldn't even try to like change the nature of of a person, right? Especially an outsider, yeah. Which is, all, again, like just not the same kind of morals and values that I feel like we try to have today,
1: right? But sadly, we still do see it happen. I feel like, like one oh, of the things yeah, that come to, no, comes to comes to mind is is like, um, you know, World War II and like internment camps. There's like Japanese yeah. Americans who had been in. America So long, like, you know, some of these people for generations, like they don't really hardly speak Japanese, but they were rounded up because they thought that they might be loyal to Japan. So, you know, in that situation, we were putting these people into these internment camps, because even though they were Americans, like literally American citizens born in this country, we were afraid that their, again, kind of like their nature, their ties to Japan would in some way come out, and they might, you know, be helping the Japanese with whom we were at war or whatever so you know like they were being extra extra cautious in a really really kind of tragic and unfortunate way I, you know it's kind of like a dark stain on American history I think.
0: Yeah because it was this like kind of misguided thinking of like oh we're dogs and they're wolves and right. even if they're raised around us dogs they're still going to be wolves yeah. on the inside and it's like that's not That's again, it's like this oversimplification of human nature and drawing like national lines saying this is what somebody from our country is and this is what people not outside of our country are.
1: Yeah. And again, the saddest part about it is – well, the saddest part is kind of the horrible situation these people were put into. But it's also really sad that you can understand the mindset that led to that sort of thing happening. Yeah, it's just a really just difficult situation.
0: Having, yeah, having having too much fear, may, having a lot of fear makes people make bad choices. People make bad choices when they're mad or scared or stressed. But yep. throw a little love their way,
1: <laughs> and war has a has a tendency of doing that to you. All three of those: <laughs> mad, scared, and stressed.
0: Thank you for also just like keep so going out of my like frozen. Oh,
1: is that I was, a frozen reference? I was quoting.
0: Yeah, I was quoting Frozen. <laughs>
1: i didn't even notice
0: it was it's in the the love troll the the love song that the trolls are singing yeah i hate that song oh are you serious
1: the one where they're like you can't like the fixer upper one yes yeah i hate that song
0: because i love like the part where they're like um like We're not saying you can change him because people don't really change. Yes. All we're saying is love's a force that's powerful and strange.
1: Exactly. But that's exactly the thing I hate about that song because the whole rest of the song is talking about like, we're not saying you can change him because people don't change. But if you get with him, you can change him to make him better. Like, that's how the song like always plays to me. It's like, they're like, hey, we can't make this. Like, don't you think it's a little irresponsible to say this thing about this? Like, oh, yeah, we'll just throw in a line that like nullifies the entire rest of the song that we're singing. (laughs)
0: No, you're right. But what's what's funny is people say like that that little clip that's nullifying like the whole song. It's actually about Elsa because uh. because they're saying that like love is a force that's powerful and strange and it's strong enough to fix that. And they're saying people make bad choices when they're mad or scared or stressed, her magic acts crazy. When she's mad or scared yeah. or stressed. Oh, but when you throw a little love her way, it'll bring out ah. the best of her magic.
1: So I like that song more now. And guess what? <laughs> Y'all got all baited in Switch because cool. this is a Hans Christian Anderson Ice Queen episode now.
0: <laughs> but it is when people are scared, like they are in times of war, they're solving problems from a place of fear. And now we're getting no. to like a deep psychology of. Like, (laughs) human nature of like, so when people are in a stress situation, what happens in policy is it...
1: (laughs) But that is true. Something that I thought kind of... We've talked a lot about something that is not related to the explicit moral as stated in the story, again, which I think is cool, because I think that's part of the point is that these stories were told so that you can kind of draw your own conclusions as well. But, you know, the thing that is the moral of the story is about... Not from the shepherd's point of view, but the kind of point of view of the wolf, because it's talking about double dealing is worse than outright enmity. So it's worse to be the wolf that grew up with the sheep and worked with the the dogs than it is to be one of the wolves that is coming in trying to attack them from the outside.
0: Or it's those people are more dangerous. Like, oh,
1: that's a good point. I see. I was interpreting it differently, but I think you're right. Those people are people that are double dealing are more dangerous than those from the outside because they're in a position of trust.
0: Yeah, because like outright enmity, like if I know that somebody hates me,
1: yeah, you're going to have then, your guard up.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have my guard up. I'm not going to trust them. I'm going to make sure that like I'm like my defenses are fully up. But if I have somebody who to my face is like, "No, I'm helping you. I'm helping you. I'm helping and you." And then like, behind my back they're yeah, killing the like, sheep like
1: in in front of you like they're your most ardent defender and supporter, but then so you would have no reason to expect them. It's like, this person stood up for me. This person was like, had my back. Like when someone came to attack me, they were the first one out to like yeah. warn me. They were the first one to go after those people. They're on my side, but then they're off doing things because you're not looking. That is that's a good point. But also to continue from the other point of view, which I will Sorry. say, I think that your way of looking at it is is probably correct in the intended <laughs> one. But it is also interesting to look at it from the point of view of that wolf that grew up with them in the sense that- yeah. Double dealing is more dangerous for that person as well, because again, you're closer to like, so if you're a wolf and you're attacking, like, yeah, when you go and attack, like you could be when they defend against you, you could be harmed. But it's like if you're messing up and doing things to someone that you're like under the guise of being a friend and they find out about it, you're there where they can just grab you and kill you. You know what I mean? Like you're not with your pack. You're not with your group that can defend you. You're in yeah. their group, and they can easily turn on you and surround you, and you're done.
0: Yeah, if you're not, if you're not sneaky enough, if you're not clever enough, you've put yourself in a place of danger by of like extreme,
1: your- extreme yeah. danger and risk. But I think, it, I think it's more interesting to look at it the other way.
0: No, I think looking at it from multiple directions <laughs> is interesting.
1: It, that, it's the most interesting to look at all uh, these different viewpoints. Thanks for the pity, Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm here for. So now I'm going to say a swear. (gasps) So there goes our clean rating. I know. I'm going to have to change
1: that on this one.
0: I know. It's only the amount of swearing that you hear watching the movie Shrek.
1: Which is extreme. (laughs) So extreme. Eddie Murphy is in that movie.
0: When I was 10 years old and we saw that movie in theater, the potty humor that was in that and like the cursing in it, I was like this 10 year old that just, (laughs) I was like, just very like, this is insulting my sensibilities. And I did not want to watch the whole movie. And my sister still makes fun of me because of it. That is hilarious. Because I was like, they called that donkey the A word. Ah!"
1: (laughs) The funniest thing about it is it's so uncharacteristic of who you are as a person now.
0: Oh, completely. It really is like, wow, that was not on brand for me as a person <laughs> at all. Um, which I think is why my sister loves to like make fun of me about it. That she's like, "Well, yeah. Katrina's the one that was like, we can't watch this movie. It's bad." <laughs> anyway, The Ass, The Dog and the Wolf. Is this story. So this one, actually, the wolf is more of a like a minor side character. So there was once uh, I'm going to call him a donkey. I told you the proper title. And now I'm just going to say donkey in case anybody's not listening with headphones on and they're around their children like I often am. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a heavily laden donkey that was being led along by his tired master. And at the heels was the man's dog. And the dog was very hungry. They'd all been walking for a long time. So the master was tired. The dog was hungry. The donkey was feeling hungry as well. So they were about to pass a meadow. And the man decided that he was too tired to go on. So he laid down in the grass and took a nap. And the donkey took that opportunity to start munching on some of the meadow grass that was there and the dog was super hungry and he didn't know what to do he didn't want to wake up his master because he knew his master was tired and so he asked the donkey would you be able to just like lay down on the ground so i can reach the pack that's on your back that has my food in it and the donkey who was very busy eating food and didn't want to, (laughs) like, deal with him. He says, you can wait until the master wakes up. He'll give you your usual portion without fail. But you can wait. And he just kept munching along. And the dog was sitting there like, I'm starving. I'm so hungry. I don't know what to do. And then a very hungry wolf comes along and it sees that delicious, plump, <laughs> <a> donkey. And-, <laughs> and he just wants to munch that. So the wolf comes out, grabs onto the donkey and like is, you know, murdering the donkey. And the donkey is he yells to the dog, please come and help me. Come and defend me. And the dog said, I'm sure when the master wakes up, he'll help you.
1: (laughs) Savage.
0: (laughs) And and the moral of that story is favors beget favors. Oh,
1: man. That is awesome. Man, I absolutely love
0: that. (laughs) Um, Because apparently I just, I like animals that (laughs) get... Get completely ripped apart. No, I just, I love like, just the quip. Like, yeah. back. He's like, I'm sure when the master wakes up, he'll be able to help you. Mm-hmm.
1: That is so funny. That reminds me of, there's this parenting book that I, like me and my wife have been reading. Not super recently, but we read it. And it's like, that's one of like kind of the parenting techniques. Like you ask your kids to do something. And you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. And you're like, okay, well, I'll remember that. And then like the next day they're like, hey, can I do this? And you're like. Well, remember that time when I asked you to do this and you said you didn't feel like it? I don't feel like doing what you want me to do right now. And I remember being (laughs) like, wow, that is like, what is the name of this book? Like Petty Parenting or whatever? But (laughs) And I wasn't sure how I felt about it. But I have, but you know, but anyway.
0: So again, we have this dog character who is like best friends with like a human or is tasked with protecting things from the wolves that it's like, oh. Dogs are in charge of protecting yeah. things from wolves. And so I just thought this one was interesting that instead of like the sheep one, like the sheep are like, oh, we're sending you away because we don't need you. It was like this donkey that was just like, I'm not going to help you. I don't need your help. And so I'm not going to help you. And it's like, well, it turns out wait five minutes and maybe you will need some help from me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's one of those interesting things too about how the animal that they choose is important because, again, Go listen to, if you li- haven't heard the Aesop fable episode, go listen to that because we talk about a lot of things that will help in understanding all these Aesop fables. But, you know, there's certain characteristics that these animals have. And if it were a sheep in that situation, the sheep probably would have helped the dog because the dogs kind of order around sheep. Sheep's characters are always like kind of dumb. They're followers. Yeah. That's what it is. But the but the donkey's not like that. A donkey is like what you think of a donkey is like, you know, stubborn, kind of a jerk. Or whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah. That he's that that stock character that's like, I'm not going to help anybody. Exactly. I do what I want. Yeah.
1: So the the story would have been very different if it were the sheep, the dog, and the wolf. Yeah. The other thing I think is interesting too is – because what was the moral of the story? Was about favors? a favor begets a favor. Favors begets
0: favors.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting too to think about because you can think about lots of things – just based on the story itself. But I think it also is important to like, look at, that's why they say that moral outright. So, you know, the proper frame to look for, through it at, because the other thing about this story, I think is interesting. Is like, what's the master going to do when he wakes up and finds out that a wolf came and like killed his donkey and the dog did nothing, you know, like, <laughs> It's not going to be a good situation for that dog, I can't imagine. Yeah. I don't think he's going to kill him, but, you know,
0: yeah, but he he's might not going like, to be happy with him. Yeah, like, why did I keep this stupid dog around if it's not even going to do its job of, like, protecting us from wolves? Yeah. No, that's true, that it's like if you carry the story further. <clears throat> I thought what's also interesting about saying favors beget favors is that no one did anybody a favor in this one. Right. And so it's kind of a negative, but it makes me think of another Aesop fable, The Lion and the Mouse.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Where
0: that one is like a trade-off of favors where at first the lion thinks like, What you know, when is this mouse ever going to be able to help me? Like, yeah, the mouse is like, please let me go, please let me go. I'll do you a favor. And he's like, When am I gonna be need able- a favor from a from- mouse? Yeah. But he's like, okay, whatever. Like, you're not worth eating. And, like, lets him go. And then later... Gets caught in a net. And then later, the lion gets caught in a net and needs to be, like, chewed free in a mouse. Like, did that. What's funny is just now in my mind, I went to, like, a completely different thing. If anybody has seen The Lion King, there's this moment when Scar, a Mm. mouse, runs, like, past him or whatever, and he stops it. And he's, like, playing with it, like, in his fingers. Yeah and then he eats it and just now i wondered if like that was reminiscent of the lion and the mouse to show Uh that like scar was not a good person yeah i'm not like yeah so for whatever reason my head just i was like wait when have i seen that image before my mind of like a mouse and a lion together and i was like scar
1: that is interesting and whether it was a you know an allusion to an Aesop fable or not it is one of those things that you can tell like he's like playing with and like kind of like toying with this innocent creature and then yeah. like just doesn't like you know blazely eats it so it is definitely to be like hey this is not a good guy
0: <laughs> yeah but now I'm but trying it to is remember- interesting this the yeah i'm symbolism. trying to remember if he i'm trying to remember if he did eat it or if it got away I can't
1: remember either. Or actually. if you like
0: let it go. I'm like, oh, time to watch The Lion King.
1: <laughs> yeah. Either way, this he was a jerk to is that mouse. Sponsored
0: by <laughs> No, it's not. Disney don't come for us. So
1: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just was watching the scene the mouse does get away.
0: okay.
1: And he's like, Zazu, you made me lose my lunch.
0: <laughs> Which is a hilarious joke. Nothing is better after a long day cruising down Route 66 than finding a great place to get delicious food. Before you stop in at the famous Jackrabbit Trading Post, head over to Mr. G's Pizza in idyllic Joseph City, Arizona. Enjoy pizzas made to order, toasted subs, or fresh salads. And when you're done, grab some ice cream to enjoy while you get back on that beautiful Route 66. Remember to ask for Andy! and let him know that he needs to pay those traffic fines whether or not the aliens do come back for him. He won't need that money in space. Mr. G's Pizza has been family-owned for 25 years, and when you're there, you're family too. But not Andy. He just works there. So, speaking of that story being about favors begetting favors, this one is about not getting favors from some people so this story is called the sow and the wolf i hope everybody knows that a sow is a female pig i don't know if that's a common word i called a female goat like a nanny goat the other day and my husband was like what is that what are you
1: talking about
0: so if 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 i just said something completely if i just talked to everybody like you were all like kindergartners i'm so sorry of like <laughs> a sow is a female pig
1: no, like, I actually am wow, glad you said something, too, because I was like, oh, yeah, a sow. And I was like, it's like a cow of some kind. I was like, no, that's not right. And I was, Then you're like, a pig. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, oh, yeah, a pig. So if okay. no one else needed it, I needed the reminder of what a sow was. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, I was like- when you said sow, all I think of is the line in the Mulan song where they say, oh, we're going to turn this sow's ear into a silk purse. And I knew it was some kind of animal thing, but I didn't know what a sow was. Just trying to bring another Disney reference into the podcast. That's up to at least three now.
0: Yeah, I'm like, if you don't clip them all out. Because it's like, these are such weird. We're like, speaking of our favorite.
1: (laughs) Disney movies.
0: Disney movies. So yeah, hopefully that was relevant for some people. And the people who already knew that a sow was a female pig. Hopefully you don't think that I think that you're dumb.
1: And I think you're smart because I did not remember what a sow was. So you get a gold star.
0: (laughs) At the library, they tell my kids, like, oh, kiss your brain. Like, and every time they, like, make <laughs> a good... That's adorable. So, anyway. So, one day, as sow was lying in her sty with her whole litter of piglets about her. There was... It says there was a wolf who came along and he wanted a small porker. <laughs> but he didn't know how he was going to get it. So, he tried to worm himself into the good graces of this very tired mother pig and so he asked her like oh i'm sure that you would love a little fresh air right now i'm sure that would do you good which i'm just gonna say like as a mom if somebody wants to watch my kids and get a like some fresh air i'm also like (laughs) Like, continue yes (laughs) like like yes continue what what is your plan um so he's like you should go out and just kind of You know, have a good time and like just you you do you, girl. Some self care, (laughs) like that's what he was like. (laughs) Like that's what you need. And he's like, I will gladly watch all of your children for you. (laughs) And luckily, this sow she was intelligent. And she basically was like, thank you so much. I know exactly what kind of caregiver you would be to my children. And if you're as kind as you say you are, you'll never show me your face again. (laughs) I'm like, oh, girl. But it says services from strangers are to be suspected. Mm. And so it's like we have one that's like favors beget favors. But then another where it's like, if a stranger is trying to sell you something, is trying to, like, offer you some service, you should definitely be suspicious of them. And, yeah. And question their motives. Which, again, is another one where it's like, well, that's kind of a bleak outlook on life. But at the same time, it was like that mom is like, oh, yeah, I bet you want to watch my kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> want to no watch
0: them? <laughs> roast over this- a spit? I love that she's just like, no, thank you. And if you're as nice as you say you are, then never show me your face again.
1: <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> she she got aggressive with it.
0: She did. And again,
1: the story would be so different if it was one of those stupid sheep that was in the the story rather than the pork. Because she had been like, oh, great. I'm going to go graze. And then all those little, you know, sheep would have, lambs would have been. Lamb chops.
0: Lamb chops play along where kids go.
1: <laughs> nope, not Disney.
0: That wasn't Disney, so that one doesn't get in. <laughs> nope, inappropriate. No, that that's true that it's the the characters, the stock characters that are in these stories, there's always a reason why they were picked to play like the parts that they're playing. So the question comes up, why are wolves always typecasted as cruel vicious attacking animals yeah and always so the bad guys yeah they're they're always the bad guys so i want to point out that they are usually the bad guys in stories that take place in european cultures because in on the North American continent, it's completely different when they pop up in stories.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: There's a completely different meaning because a lot of the indigenous people of the American continent, the North American continent, because there aren't wolves, there haven't been wolves in like South America. But in so the indigenous people of North America, they actually thought very, very highly of wolves. Mm-hmm and like as teachers as like divine presences yeah and sometimes even co-creators with coyote and so for the most part wolves in north america were seen as good and so when you read stories from those cultures wolves aren't the bad guy right they're seen completely differently yeah. I also want to point out that usually in fairy tales, the types of wolf that you are dealing with are the lone wolf.
1: Oh uh, yeah. That's interesting.
0: Which the only time in the stories that we told that it was not a lone wolf was when we were talking about the, the wolves and the sheep. Yeah. The first that one was like groups like of other. them. Yeah. Yeah. But if you think to basically any fairy tale that you've heard about that has a wolf in it, The most obvious that comes to mind is like a little red riding hood. Yeah. But it's always, it's always a lone wolf. Yeah. And they are the, they are the most desperate of wolves because a lone wolf is away from its community, usually because the alpha males and packs of wolves once the pups, the male pups, start getting old enough and mature enough, they kick them out, uh-huh. which actually is good because they can then go to genetically different groups. Right, different
1: groups, so there's more groups. genetic diversity.
0: Yes, and they can even like start their own groups. But when they're in this kind of in-between stage of not being within a pack and they're a lone wolf... They're at their kind of their most desperate point. Right. And so if you're a human observing like those animals, also if an animal, if a wolf comes to humans, because they don't like to be around humans, when wolves are attacking livestock, it's when they are desperately hungry, when they are, they're most likely to just be outright vicious to get what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And so when people were thinking about animals and like their characteristics, wolves came up as always this kind of like vicious, chaotic animal. Yeah. And also thinking about the area of like Greece, where the stories Aesop's Fables kind of um, originated from. They had a tumultuous relationship with the Romans. Yeah, and I'm not—I'm not a huge scholar on like the Greeks versus the Romans and their their fighting history with each other. But mm-hmm. I do know that the Romans have a legend that they're the founder of Rome.
1: Yeah, Romulus and Remus.
0: Romulus and Remus. And who did they get taken care of by? Wolves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's interesting.
0: So they were super taken care of by wolves. And so wolves to them did have like a positive connotation.
1: So like wolves being the symbol of Rome, which the Greeks did not get along with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And then you see when it, when it goes into, when it goes, and that's a, that's a theory,
1: <laughs> right?
0: I don't want to say that's like a definite. I was reading a book. Um, it's a it's a reference material, um, so it's not just like just like a fun book to read. Um, it is very interesting to read. But anyway, so there's this encyclopedia of myths, legends, tales, beliefs, and customs. I was looking at called M- medieval folklore, mm-hmm. and one of the things that it talked about is that. The question that my friend had originally posed to me of like, why are wolves portrayed always like bad? Like, what's the story behind that? Like, why are they always seen as like these like cruel, vicious animals? Yeah, and it turns out that scholars have also
1: been like, what's the deal?
0: Yeah, been going back and like researching. And so, one of their theories is that, um, groups that aligned themselves with a certain animal, had it as kind of like a national symbol. Yeah. The people who they fought against would relate them to that symbol. And so when I was thinking about, okay, these stories we're reading like originated in Greece and Rome has a very positive story. There's also, an I think it's a Northern Celtic legend and I want to read more about it. And it's also about a king who was taken care of by wolves. Yeah. And so that can also explain some of what's going on in nor- more northern European tales where there's this like fight against wolves. Like or yeah. where there's like this mixed connotation of like, are wolves good? Are they bad? Or like what are they? And so it's not a dumb question to think Yeah, no, not like, at all like why are wolves always like typecast but the the answer is still unclear there's yeah. just like theories as to why that is but it is noted that that there is this animosity towards the image of the wolf in like northern europe and especially in legends and tales
1: yeah, I really – of all the stuff that you were just talking about, the thing that really hits me the hardest is that whole idea of like the lone wolf. Like it's kind of confirmation bias at work in the sense that we're basing it off of our human interactions with wolves. And every time that humans are interacting with wolves, it is a bad situation because wolves who aren't desperate, who aren't going to be attacking our livestock are staying away. And they're hunting because they don't need to be encroaching on – like yeah. to what to them is also a dangerous situation and a very risky situation to go near humans who – would want to want to kill them. So it's like, yeah. you know, we're not encountering all the wolves that aren't, like, antagonistic towards us because they yeah. stay away. So it's like, it may only be 1% of wolves or whatever that are attacking us, but it's 100% of the wolves that we encounter are just those 1% that are bad, you know?
0: Yeah. Or the, yeah, the ones that are messing things up for humans. Because it's like, yeah. they're, d- like, wolves are doing what wolves do, which right. is hunting and eating meat. But it is like, we see them ruining our livestock right. and think like, these are bad animals.
1: Exactly. And like, they're doing it to me, but it's like, no, they are they don't even care about your feelings about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they're just very, very hungry. Yeah. It's like the wolf that popped out to eat the donkey. Like it was, it had to be super desperate that there was a man there, there was a dog there. It had to be super desperate to to do that. If it had really happened, you know, if these stories were based right. on, like, actual facts or whatever. Yeah. And it would appear very, like, vicious and scary. Yeah. So, again, we talked about this in the last, like, Aesop Fable one. There there are so many Aesop Fables, and they are definitely worth a read. They still apply so much to today even if you don't need to use them in a military sense. But then I what I also find interesting, especially through discussion like we had, is looking at some of them and saying, okay, these values do not align with us anymore. Because there were definitely places in these ones where I was like, okay, I see a grain of truth in like what you're saying, but I feel like the values in it are skewed away from... The values that at least I have yeah, where, same. where they're like, oh, wolves are strangers. And of course, we should always treat strangers as if they are completely evil and out to get you. <laughs> like, oh, well, mm, that's not how I view the world. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I can see how they served that purpose in the time that they are written. You've been listening to The Fairy Tellers Podcast. If you enjoyed what you listened to, please leave us a review and share with your friends. For more fairy tale content, head over to thefairytellers.wordpress.com for lighthearted retellings, or follow us on Instagram for daily fairy tale memes at thefairy__tellers. Or even join the conversation on our Facebook page. Special thanks to Andrew Forry for our music and Clarice Inch for our artwork.
1: This episode contains additional music from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech Music. Check him out at Incompetech.com.
0: May you have warm words on a cold evening, a full moon on a dark night, and a smooth road all the way to your door. An Irish blessing. Oh, I was hoping that you would have something brilliant to add at the oh, end. Oh,
1: nope. nope